Thanks. You are once again listening to uh, the Middle Aged and Mediocre podcast. We know the name doesn't make sense, and if uh, you're okay with it, we're okay with it. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. We're mediocre in Middle Age, but we just talk about ghosts. Yeah, we're not even ghosts. Eventually, we'll get to goat ghosts. Yeah, we mostly talk about death. Murder. Uh, but hey, that was uh, Blabbermouth by the Jerks uh, that you listened to right before this episode. And they are a uh, band from Charleston. One of the dudes in the band is a uh, a wrestler. Yep, Kirk Blackman. But uh, yeah, it's a great EP. You've Death been listening to it a lot, right? That's all I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I say I'm I'm Cash. Oh, I'm Joel. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they got a six song EP out right now called Sixteen Minutes First Day. Yeah. If you want it, go to Jerks the Band. Dot Bandcamp. Dot com. I think it's like five bucks. Uh, yeah. It's I. I don't even know. I think you can. Yeah. I got it on Spotify, but I did see where you can... Yeah, yesterday I went and bought it off Bandcamp. Uh, Bandcamp was giving all of the money to the actual band. Yeah, that's cool. Like they, didn't, they weren't taking a portion of it. I didn't do it. that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I've been spreading the word. I've been trying to spread the good word of the jerks. I, I like the I like the EP a lot, and it's... Yeah, I think I think Bandcamp ought to do that Like while this is all happening. Yeah. Give people a chance to make some money. So... Uh, that's why I've been hesitant to like buy. Uh, I was gonna buy some T-shirts from like people I know their merch. Yeah, but those sites usually take so much of the. Like, if yeah. all the sites would start, you need to look for like pay the people's PayPal themselves and see yeah. if you can go through that way or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, shit's crazy. Shit is crazy. Um, I mean, I don't want to say that I was right. Yeah. To know this was more than just the flu, oh, just but I knew <laughs> that it was more than I was right. Uh, yeah, shit's nuts. We are. Uh, we may be on a shutdown soon. Yeah, here in about an hour, the governor of West Virginia is going to be making an announcement. He's probably going to wait for us to finish recording. It'd be kind of him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll call him when we're done here and be like, "Hey, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Jimmy." But uh, yes, we might need to record like 15 episodes tonight. Cool. And just bank them. Yeah. So. But yeah, Can you just get like, just get my responses recorded. Cool. Yep. Well, uh-huh. I have that soundboard. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the laugh. That's all you need. Uh, but yeah, we are still bringing you quality murder content. <laughs> well, so murder content. Murder content. I don't know about quality. <laughs> I do. It's not there. No, it's it is. not there. It uh, is. It's good times. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much death you can hear about. You know, from a virus. <laughs> we want to talk about death. The old in a fun way. way. In a fun way. Right. In a fun, humorous way. <laughs> Let's make fun of these people for dying. <laughs> we do that sometimes. Sometimes. We only if like they was in like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Or like the early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Then I'm like, that's fair game. Or they're really dumb. Or they're really <laughs> dumb. Or, you know, they try to fight an emu. Yeah. And then they deserve whatever they get, yep. even though they didn't you die. Can't, you can't really shoot an emu. It's hard. No. History's proven that. Man, yep. 
Uh, tonight's story is going to be uh, from the early 80s. Okay. 1980s? So, the 1980s, yeah. Right. So this is, I think, the uh, I remember them. most current one I've done. Yeah. You had the Armin Muse, which yeah. took place like early 2000s? Early 2000, yeah. Yeah. 2001, so, 2002, something like that. Yeah, this would be the most modern day one that I've cool. brought to the table. Uh, this story... I, I love f- the 80s. Right. <laughs> Uh, this story <laughs> I first heard about from uh, Brooke Ewing, yeah, like a long, long time ago. Uh, I think she was, uh, she's making films and stuff now. And but back then, I think she was like, she was really interested in this crime. Uh, and I think she'd even like mentioned that she wanted to one day make a like a documentary or something about oh, it. Oh wow! But so I remember her telling me about it then, and I've always been kind of. Intrigued. intrigued by it, so aroused, aroused by it. Nothing really be aroused by here. Oh, so uh, yeah, I wanted to do this one. This is going to be about uh, the Keddy K E D D I E murders uh, that the took Keddie. place. It's and they took place in Keddy, California. Keddy, California. Keddy, Calif- California. Yeah. So, uh, sunny the- California in the eighties. So, here, you ready? You yeah. Get into this one. I'm ready. All right. These are also sometimes referred to as the uh, Ketty Cabin Murders. Okay. So, but uh, in November of 1980, uh, 36-year-old Glenna Sharp, known as Sue. I was a year old. I was not even born yet. Oh, man. I've, I'm three years away. That's probably why I was so happy at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little one-year-old Joel. Just... These are the good times. <laughs> uh, I still have hope. Yep. <laughs> Dreams. That's uh change. She moved her family from a tiny cramp trailer in Quincy, California, to a much larger three-bedroom. Uh, the glow up. The glow up. Yeah. It was a three-bedroom. It was camp t- or it was cabin twenty-eight in a little uh, resort huh. in Keddie, California. Uh, she'd been a Navy wife who'd been stationed around the country. Uh, she and her five kids had been kicked out of their Jesus. Connecticut home by her abusive husband James Sharp in nineteen seventy-nine. So they moved across the United States, uh, visiting family and old neighbors along the way before settling in Quincy, where they rented the trailer her brother had just vacated. Uh, despite Ketty being a rundown, low-rent railroad town long in the decline, the kids had more room in the cabin, and their yard was the forest, stream, and railroad tracks. Five months later, uh, the Sharps had found a semblance of community in their new home, with the children having made friends among the other residents of the Ketty cabinet cabins on the night of late april 11th 1981 sue was at home while her two youngest sons rick and greg and their friend justin smart uh played in rick and greg's bedroom tina sue's youngest daughter returned home around 10 o'clock that night after an evening of watching television with the neighbors in cabin 27 uh sue's oldest son john had spent the day in town uh with his friend dana wingate and the pair was last seen walking along State Route 70. They returned home to Cabin 28 later that night, presumably retiring down to John's uh, basement bedroom. Uh, the other daughter, Sheila, had went next door when um, Tina got back from Cabin 27. Sheila went over to Cabin 27 ah. and like hung out the rest of the night One daughter with that time. family. Apparently so. <laughs> Uh, on Sunday morning, April 11th, 1981, Sheila Sharp woke up next door at Cabin 27, where she spent the night 
with the neighbors, uh, the Seabolts. Yeah. Which sounds like an XFL team, the Seabolts. The Seabolts. Uh, having decided to attend church with them that morning, at about 7.45, she went to her cabin to get her Sunday clothes. Upon opening the front door, she saw three bodies on the floor. Oh. The furthest away covered with a blanket. Uh, she also saw a knife on the floor between the doorway and the closet. Bent at such an angle, she mistook it for an open pocket knife. Oh, wow. She ran, uh, screaming back to the Seabolts. Sheila and Mrs. Seabolt went to the nearest working phone across the street at the landlord's cabin and called the Plumas County Sheriff's Office. Uh, the Sheriff's Office dispatched a car to the scene. And during that time, James Seabolt pulled, went back, went over to cabin 28 and uh, saw that the three young boys, Greg, Rick, and Justin, were unharmed okay. and in their room still. And he ended up pulling them out of the cabin through the bedroom window. Um, and then James went to the rear of the cabin and went inside the back door, which was uh, left open. And he kind of maybe inadvertently uh, contaminated the crime scene yeah. by doing this, but he went inside just to see if there was anyone else sure. alive or whatever. Um, after he went inside and looked around searching for survivors, he rejoined the others outside. Three victims found in the cabin had met a extremely violent end. Their bodies were bound with medical tape and appliance wires. They'd been stabbed, bludgeoned, and strangled to death. Uh, examinations revealed that the victims suffered blows from at least two different hammers of varying sizes. Jesus. And Sue and John had been stabbed repeatedly. One of the knives used had been bent in half due to the extreme, f- or bent, uh, yeah, bent, like she said, like a po- open yeah, pocket knife, yeah. uh, due to the extreme force with which it had been plunged in God. one of the victims. John's hands were placed on his abdomen abdomen, and taped uh, really tightly at the wrist with medical tape. His ankles were wrapped twice and tightly knotted with an extension cord, and his throat had been slashed. And the boys just slept in the bedroom, So the whole time, bedroom, apparently? there was three little boys in the bedroom. Like, where I mean, imagine a cabin. Yeah. They're not giant, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Dana had also been, that was, uh, John's friend she, he was with. She had been bound with medical tape as well. And she'd been, uh, she had multiple head injuries and had been strangled to death. God. Sue was discovered lying on her side by the living room couch. Sue's the mom, right? She Sue's the mom. Okay. Uh, John was her son. And Dana Dana's was John's. female friend. No, John's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, John's friend. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she was nude from the waist down. She'd also been gagged with a blue bandana and her own panties that had been secured on her face and, like, in her mouth with medical tape. Jeez. She'd been stabbed in the chest and her throat had been slashed. So some sort of doctor. Yes. He knew where to... (laughs) Uh, She had also been bludgeoned with a Daisy 880 rifle, like a little BB gun rifle, uh, that left its imprint on the side of her head. God. Her wrists and ankles were bound with medical tape as well, and then two rounds of electrical wire. There was also wire that tied her ankles together. Uh, her ankles and wrists were tied so tightly that her legs and knees were drawn towards each other, and she'd been covered with a blanket and sheet that belonged to Tina. Times had been hard in Plumas County, and Sue had uh, had to make ends meet with the $250 she received from the Navy, which only covered rent. Uh but she had to, uh, oh, she used food stamps and social, other social welfare. And then the stipend she received for being enrolled in a federal education program. 
Uh, Sue had been described by her neighbors as a quiet, reserved woman who primarily kept to herself. And an FBI document dated a month after the murders depicted her much the same way as her neighbors had. Uh, Quote, she was not a fancy dresser and was best described by casual associates and neighbors as a loner. Uh, Sue had one close girlfriend, a neighbor woman with the last name of Meeks. Uh, her only known source of income came from her position as a CETA worker, <coughs> wherein she was paid to attend school at the Feather River Community College, uh, where she was to learn a business trade. She was described as being a good student who studied hard and obtained good grades, but it was also a loner and did not participate in social gatherings, uh, such as coffee breaks and other things that people get together at the school for. Uh, she had no other known source of income other than the $250 a month allotment check from the U.S. Navy via her husband. Prior to her death, Sharp had no local criminal record, nor was she known to local authorities. Uh, Stu, Stu, it's Sue, uh, <laughs> still managed to date with some frequency, and while her romantic ambitions remained unclear, you don't know if she's really looking for a long-term boyfriend or a husband or anything. She's just looking for some dick! Several of her boyfriends simply seemed at odds with her background and temperament. Uh, Plumas County is a county of contrasting social and economic classes, a place where the American dream went to die decades ago. So Dusty opportunities Rhodes? to better oneself uh, are slim to none. Well, especially you got five kids. That's kind of a yeah. So she's got yeah. It's hard. She's got John, Rick, Greg, Sheila, and Tina. So that's impressive. All in a little cabin. All. Are you the dad? I'm the father. <laughs> <laughs> of four of them. Uh, so she didn't really have a lot of uh, eligible suitors that were really worth anything. But uh, she also wasn't very religious, and she didn't really drink. So she would find a lot of men that were one or the other, yeah. very religious or didn't, you know, yeah. and that would kind of ruin some things. Um, one of her suitors, though, actually had proposed date on the or proposed marriage on the very first date. So that was a... She went ahead and got rid of that one, so she could. She saw red flags. Is what I'm yeah. saying. Uh-huh. Uh, according to one report of questionable uh, veracity, oh. Sue was in a uh, very abusive relationship with a man shortly before her murder. Though uh, they had witnessed a loud argument in her front yard six weeks prior to the murder. Mm. Uh, yet another boyfriend was Sue killed. got around. Yeah, she got around. She dated. And that's fine. Hey, All right, women, hey, more power to it's you. It's the 80s, ladies. You do yeah. you. You Be do happy. you. Yeah. It's the, the 80s were the era of strong, powerful women. Hell yeah. They had the shoulder pads on their little jackets. Dolly Parton working 9 to 5. 9 to 5. All right, so Sue's been... What's her name? The comedian? Pamela Poundstone? That sounds about right. Wasn't that her name? Yeah. She had the big shoulder pads? Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, where was I? Oh, so an, <laughs> another boyfriend of hers was killed a month after Ooh. the murders while being chased from a bar by the sheriff's office deputies. It's been claimed that many key persons of interest either dated Sue, had their advances rebuffed by her, or were simply infatuated with her. Her most recent known boyfriend, Daryl, had been introduced to her a week prior to her death, and they spent much of the time with each other in the ensuing days, either at his nearby trailer or at area bars, playing pool and drinking beer. Uh, Their last date was two days prior to the crime, after which Daryl left Ketty to spend his weekends with his family in Paradise, California. Okay. Now I don't usually trust Daryl. No. So just right off the bat, Daryl. I don't. Yeah, you said Daryl. My little my red flags went. Yeah. Up. Well, what's going on with Daryl here? Yeah. And then once you find out that you mostly spend time with Daryl at a bar or his trailer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So, anyways. The Sharps call it Daryl Lick for nothing. That's right. Uh, the Sharps cabin did not show any indication of forced entry. Detectives were able to recover an unidentified fingerprint from a handrail that led to the cabin's back door, though. Detectives also discovered that the telephone had been left off the hook and the lights had been shut off with all the drapes fully closed. Uh, various weapons were found at the scene, including a table knife, a butcher knife, and a bloody hammer. Well, two bloody hammers. Yeah, I was going to say, you said there was two bloody yeah. hammers. Uh, other weapons, including the Daisy rifle, were not recovered. Some evidence, such as a second bloody knife... Oh, so there that... Or then another bloody knife turned up in a trash bin behind a uh, local Keddy General store. Sheila and the Seabolt family had heard no commotion whatsoever during the night. How? But a couple living nearby stated that they were awakened around 1.30 in the morning by what sounded like muffled screams, but couldn't determine where it was coming from. Tina's jacket, shoes, and a uh, shoebox that contained various tools were all missing from the cabin. In interviews, Justin Smart told detectives that he had dreamed of certain details of the murder, only to later confirm that he had actually witnessed it. So at first, whenever they were questioning him, he thought that, like, stuff that he... And that was the friend that was staying yeah. there with the brothers. And he was just, like, a little kid. But, like, yeah. at first he was just, like, like things he saw, he thought he just were dreaming them. Yeah. But he'd actually witnessed so them. insane. Uh, under hypnosis, Justin claimed that he had seen Sue with two men, one with a mustache and long hair, and one... Daryl? Yeah. Fucking Daryl? It's a Daryl for sure. Jesus. Uh, and, oh, he had, like, a trucker hat on? Yeah, like, if, I t- if I ask you, <laughs> hey, draw Daryl. <laughs> right there. Yeah, was it... Daryl seems like the the guy that was on Beavis and Butthead, the real mean guy, the yeah. criminal. Was that guy... That guy's name wasn't Daryl? Uh, but- Pro- but that's what I think of Daryl when I, yeah. I think of that guy from the Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, like The Walking Dead's trying to make Dar- a Daryl be all heroic, oh, yeah. but pff, I ain't buying it. Nope. Mm-mm. Nice uh, try, Daryl. John and Dana then entered the home and began arguing with the other with the men. Uh, the argument became violent. The three were still alive when Tina entered the room. One of the men took her out the back door before coming back to kill Sue, John, and Dana. This is all under hypnosis what uh, Justin said yeah. he saw. Uh, Justin Smart's mother, Marilyn, claimed that she had found a bloody jacket belonging to Tina in her basement, and she had turned it into the police, but no official record of this exists. Marilyn's husband, Martin, also claimed that a claw hammer had gone missing from his home around the time of the murders, but Plumas County Sheriff Doug Thomas later stated that Martin had provided an endless amount of evidence that seemed to be trying to throw any and all suspicions away from him. So he was just constantly... yeah. Look at this. Hey, this is going on and Look this, this and this. Yeah. Uh, several locals and neighbors, including the Seabolt family, recalled seeing an unknown green van parked outside of Cabin 28 around 9 o'clock the night of the murders. Because Tina was believed to have been abducted from the crime scene, her disappearance was initially investigated by the FBI. A grid pattern search of the area covering a five-mile radius around the cabin was conducted using police canines, but nothing was found. In April, good boys, though. Some good boys. A couple good boys were found. In April of 1984, three years after the slayings occurred, the cranium portion of a human skull and part of a mandible were found near Camp 18 in neighboring Butte County, roughly 100 miles from Ketty and Cabin 28. 
Shortly after announcing the discovery of the remains, the Butte County Sheriff's Office received an anonymous phone call identifying the discovery as the remains of Tina. The recording of this call, however, was not discovered until 2013 mm. in the bottom of an evidence box when a uh, deputy had been assigned, newly assigned to the case. And June, I think Tina's disappearance kind of flew over my head. So they had the three bodies... And then one of the daughters that was first over at Cabin 27 that went home. Right. So that was she's Tina. missing. Yeah. So Tina's missing. Okay. And they found their jacket in the smart boys. Maybe. It's what Marilyn, okay. Justin's mom says. Okay. Yeah. Throwing a lot at me. I'm trying to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the three dead in the house were yep. Sue, John, and Dana. Yeah. And then Sheila's fine. Sheila was over at 27. Yeah. And the then boys were all Rick okay. and Greg are fine. Justin's fine. Tina's missing. Tina's missing. Oh, man. But she's not now. They found her. Okay. So, uh, I mean. <laughs> in June of 1984, forensic pathologists would confirm that the remains were Tina Sharp. She did. About 100 miles away is where they found yeah. the remains. And as soon as it's they hard said. hard for a skull to walk. I don't know Well, how as soon that as happens. they say, hey, we found these remains, somebody immediately, an anonymous caller immediately calls in and says, that's Tina. Huh. So, uh, near the remains. Detectives also found a blue nylon jacket, a blanket, a pair of missing jeans, or a pair of jeans with a missing back pocket, and an empty medical tape dispenser. Oh. The discovery of Tina's remains compounded a case already steeped in mystery. Why was the body of Tina Sharp found so far away from Cabin 28? How could a murder with so much physical evidence remain unsolved? The abundance of loose threads, in conjunction with what appeared to be a substandard investigation, have prompted uh, some to suspect a police cover-up. The first member of law enforcement to arrive that morning, shortly after 8 a.m., was Deputy Hank Clement, Clement, who did a quick search of the cabin, confirming the murders. <laughs> yep, they're dead. Good job, Hank. Take the rest of the day off, buddy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> if you all need me, I'm going to be over there at I'll Daryl's be trailer. The <laughs> Daryl's going to be drinking. At 825, Sergeant Jerry Shaver arrived, uh, and Clement talking to the group of residents in front of Cabin 28, told him there appeared to be a triple murder inside. Mm. Uh, All my detective years. Now, I'm I'm, I'm guessing here, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I'm pretty sure there's three dead bodies yep. in there. I don't think they died of natural causes. Don't look natural to me. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't look natural. Uh, after Shaver and Clement entered the front door and reviewed the scene together, Shaver placed Clement on point in front of the cabin. I bet Shaver's also like, you did real good, Clement. Yeah. There were three ba- yep. three dead bodies in here. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it, buddy. Uh, you go stay out front. Yeah. <laughs> Upon asking the dispatcher to inform Sheriff Sylvester Doug Thomas. Sylvester, what? I don't what? know what Sylvester I did there. I, I don't think I meant to type. Okay. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Sheriff Doug Thomas and sent out investigators. Shaver began interviewing witnesses. At approximately 8.30 a.m., uh, Another detective was called by dispatch and informed of the triple homicide in Ketty. Assistant sheriff, which I did not know was a thing. Assistant sheriff. Assistant to the sheriff. Assistant to the regional sheriff. Ken Shanks was informed of the murders as well. So everyone's been informed. Yep. Hey, there's some murders down here. At 8.45 a.m., Don Davis, uh, Sue's brother, arrived and met with Shaver in front of the cabin. Don gave Shaver details on Sue and the family about her pending divorce and move from Connecticut. Davis also detailed how Sue's strange husband, Jim, hadn't visited the family since November of 79 
and how Sue refused to give Jim the new address or phone number after moving to Ketty. Hmm. So she was, you know, he'd been abusive. She was clearly yeah. worried, you know, afraid of him. He supplied the names and ages of Sue's kids, then mentioned Sheila's baby, giving the baby's father's name and addressing an address and mentioned he hung around the gaming arcade in East Quincy. Uh, when Shanks and Stoy, great detective names, <laughs> Shanks and Stoy, <laughs> arrived at 9.30 a.m., Clement was again inside cabin 28 and came out to greet them. Hey, there's three dead bodies. <laughs> Clement, I thought you were supposed to be outside. <laughs> After a briefing from Shaver and Clement, Detective Stoy and Shanks began photographing the crime scene and collecting evidence. Shaver returned to interviewing witnesses in the cabin's picket fence yard while Clement was dispatched to do a cursory house-by-house welfare check of the, arena, of the area. The sheriff's office went on investigating the crime scene for several days, and while all of the crime scene reports aren't available, it's very clear that many reports don't match each other, and most can't even get the same facts straight. Uh, and it's very clear that Stoy's report was written to cover both his and Shanks's account of events. So he just wrote it for both of them. Yeah. Uh, and his report clearly seems to be doctored to indicate that the Plumas County Sheriff's Office immediately understood that Tina Sharp was missing. Something that the actual evidence of the case shows that they didn't realize for hours. Wow. They didn't even, like, know about her. They were just so caught up. And, yeah. Yeah. But then somebody went back with the report and been like, oh, no, we knew. <laughs> Actually. In, in 2004, Cabin 28 was demolished along with several other condemned buildings on the grounds. Uh, some have theories that the mob, gang, or police connections are responsible for the bungling of the case and the destruction of the property. Uh, but without actual facts, it's hard to know whether incompetence, conspiracy, or mere bad luck have left the Ketty murders unsolved. Uh, so, over while this was happening... Like, while the investigation was happening, the Department of Justice uh, had a helicopter flying over, like, taking pictures from Mm -hmm. above and doing all the shit. And two of the uh, special agents from the Department of Justice, who were supposedly on that helicopter, who would have been able to see everything and know everything going on, uh, they ended up being later uh, found to be dirty cops basically yeah they were involved with like gang related shit so a lot of people say and this has never been proven but a lot of people say that as soon as the helicopter came over top of everything Mm -hmm. these two mafia guys show up to the crime scene and are immediately going around to everyone that could be a potential witness and talking to them and the cops and detectives there aren't bothering them at all. But, like, they're two very well... They were two apparently very well-known mafia guys. Yeah. And they were, like, going around and just, like, basically, it seemed like instructing people. Intimidating, maybe. Right. So, that's none of that's ever been confirmed. Huh. But the two special agents that were thought to be on the helicopter, they were ended up finding... It was found out later that their ties they had to the mafia were with... Two, the two guys that would have been on the grounds doing this. So it was just this weird little... Yeah, why were those guys there? So the reason that that might be true is because in 2008, Marilyn Smart, Justin's mom, claimed in a documentary uh, that was being made about the murders that she suspected her husband, Martin, and his friend, John uh, Bo, Boba Day, 
were responsible for the murders of Sue, John, Dana, and Tina. She claimed that on the evening of the murders, she had left Martin and Bo at a local bar around 11 p.m. and returned home to go to bed. Around 2 a.m., she stated that she woke to find the two men burning an unknown item in a wood stove. She alleged that Martin hated John Sharp with a passion and hated Sue equally. In the same documentary, uh, Sheriff Doug Thomas stated that Martin had successfully passed the polygraph exam, but of course, everybody kind of knows those are possibly dog shit. Yeah. Uh, It was later confirmed that Martin was was close with the sheriff of Plumas County at the time. Despite the fact that both Martin and Bo had criminal records, uh, Bo had been in prison for bank robbery, um, and Martin, I don't know what he had a criminal record for, but he had been in like, uh, Vietnam, I believe, and had PTSD, Yeah, and he met Bo at a uh, VA hospital. So a couple of violent, possible violent fellows, right. violence in their past. Uh, Martin Smart died of cancer in June 2000, and uh, Bo RIP. died in Chicago in 88. Bo, however, was uh, a enforcer and hitman Ooh. for mobs in both Chicago and Vegas. And there's mob guys there. And some people say that two pretty well-known mob guys showed up. So, uh, in November 2016, the true crime show People Magazine Investigates released an episode dedicated to re-examining the cabin murders, and several new pieces of evidence and information came to light, which might actually help crack the cold case. According to the episode, Smart's anger towards Sue uh, was for interfering in his marriage, and that was a pretty viable motive for the killings. Uh, Sue was supposedly somewhat friendly with Marilyn, and had probably since, doing. I, this is what I've been through. Well, I since see Sue doing, had some experience in yeah. abusive, yeah. Uh, People magazine discovered that shortly after the murders, Martin had left Kitty and drove out to Reno, Nevada, and had sent a letter to his wife, Marilyn, which was only discovered after the case was reopened in 2013. In it, he states, I've I've paid the price of your love, and now that I've bought it with four people's lives, Uh you tell me we are through? Great. What else do you want? Uh, Marilyn claims she never received the letter and was only made aware of it after the murders by the authorities, but she did confirm that it was in Smart's handwriting. Even more uh, potentially incriminating is a therapist in Reno, Nevada, to whom Smart allegedly confessed the murders to, blaming or admitting that he had murdered Sue and Tina, but that he didn't have anything to do with the boys. John hmm. and, uh, or I guess Dana would have been. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Dana was a girl or not now that I think about it. Yeah, Dana could, Dana could Carvey. Be, yeah. Could be either one. Uh, he allegedly told the counselor that Tina had only been killed because she had witnessed the whole thing and she could have identified them. Yeah. But then why would they take her? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, the fucker. In, in April 2018. <laughs> Sorry. In April 2018, Plumas County Special Investigator Mike Gamberg, uh, who turns out was a uh, friend when he was younger, mm-hmm. like when this was, ha- he would have been like the same age as one of the kids when he was younger. Oh, he wow. was their friend. So like he knew the whole family. He knew all yeah. of it. Uh, he, with it. He stated that DNA evidence recovered from a piece of tape at the crime scene matched a known living suspect, but it's, this was just two years ago. Like it's still under, so they don't oh. release that name. Uh, Gamberg, who leads the current investigation is af- is baffled by the incons- inconsistencies. Uh, it's not what was done, he told the Sacramento Bee, in reference to the many flaws he 
original investigation. It's what wasn't done. Uh, he says that you could take someone just coming out of the academy and they'd have done a better job <laughs> on this investigation. Gamberg learned of a man who, uh, while using a metal detector, had found a hammer in a pond near the Caddy property. And the steel blue-handled claw hammer exactly matched the description of the hammer that Marty told investigators he'd lost. Uh-huh. It's now being tested for uh, DNA and blood residue. Gamberg also found in the investigators or the investigation's files an apparently unopened envelope with a recording of the 911 call. Hmm. When Tina's remains were first found in 1984, on the third anniversary of the murders, her skull was identified, unidentified. But that anonymous 911 caller said it was Tina's before the medical examiner confirmed it through dental records. And if it's three years later, why does she have the medical tape dispenser with her? And like, Right, well, because it seems like, it almost seems like they had kept, like, they'd killed her. Yeah. And, like, just kept everything somewhere. Yeah. And then decided to get rid of it, almost. It's kind of what it... Tried to move it 100 miles away. Or, I mean, it. they took her somewhere, yeah, that far away, killed her. But then why call and... Yeah. Or whoever did the call. Whoever, yeah. Uh, Gamberg says, it's my feeling that he, either he was told or he was involved in some way. Um, they're using the tape now to create voice comparisons with audio of earlier suspects. Uh, though the original inquiry into the Ketty murders was sadly lacking, there's new hope that authorities today may be able to discover the truth once and for all. According to Greg Hagwood, uh, the current sheriff, there are people locally who know more than they've said, and I believe we've we've identified some of them, and we know who they are, and we know where they are, and I have every confidence that they either participated after the fact or that they have first-hand information. It's obviously a worthwhile pursuit, he says, there's not an expiration date on homicides, and to the extent that we have surviving siblings and family members, it is our fundamental obligation to them to understand who did this and why. Yeah. So, yeah, case is still unsolved, but you would think, like, the way I'm picturing it, uh, by the way, you can go to, like, I think it's cabin28.com or something like that. Uh, it's easy to find if you use a Google search, but it's, like, a site dedicated to this investigation, uh-huh. and there's, like, a bunch of pictures of the cabin... And, like, the resort. So, like, this killing, they said there's blood splattered all over the cabin yeah. inside. Two hammers. Like, how bent. does no one hear anything? Yeah. The boys. Like, how does the one boy see all this, but they don't see him? Right. They like, don't. Yeah. Do they know that there were, like, you? if it's somebody that knows the family. Should know that there's more than just. Or, you know. Uh, the boys did it. Maybe they. <laughs> I mean, they were very little. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were really, really young. Yeah, they uh, could all like dress up in a trench coat or something and <laughs> <laughs> totally do it. That's the perfect crime. Yep. Uh, so one of the one of the way. Okay, so uh, a lot of the people think the 2008 movie The Strangers was based on these murders. Oh, okay. Uh, but no one in that. And no one involved in that movie has ever came out and said that. But I remember when that movie came out, they said it was, like, based, based on... Based on true events. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what a lot of people think. Because one of the leading theories is it was just a completely random yeah. act of violence. But, I don't know. That's to cover I mean. up a body doesn't seem like a random act. Right. That's, I don't know. And the way, that, like, as violent as it was. Yeah. Uh, so, in 2017, however... 
a movie that was based on the murders called Cabin 28 that was released uh, straight to video or Redbox or however that all works now. Uh, it has a score of 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. I honestly don't even know how. Is it, that out of 15%? I don't is know how, how it got 12%. Is that how they rank those on that website? Is it like no, it's a, 100. Oh. Oh, yeah. So 12 isn't a very good score then. It's not, but I, to me, yeah. uh, it's better than they deserve. Yeah. Wow. They shouldn't have got 12. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Unlike the more well-known film, uh, Cabin 28 does come right out and state that The Strangers was inspired by the real-life murders. Its tagline reads, Based on the true-life murders that inspired The Strangers. (laughs) Hey, maybe that movie The Strangers? (laughs) Okay, so I watched this last night. Uh, I took the hit. (laughs) I watched this movie. It's so fucking bad. So, okay, so it begins with an illegal disclaimer that reads... The following film is inspired by true events, which are a matter of public record. However, this is not a documentary. All events and persons de- depicted herein have been exaggerated for dramatic effect to create a fictitious work of entertainment. The story, all names, characters, and incidents portrayed in this production are entirely fictitious, <laughs> and no identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, and organizations is intended nor should be inferred the movie uses all of the names of the people involved <laughs> it's called the places 28. that happen the buildings involved and the organizations involved like it's sue it's tina yeah it's john dana uh the seabolts it's the same sheriff's name uh mark put that disclaimer at Martin, the beginning bo the names are all there <laughs> It's Keddy, California. Like, yeah. they didn't... You can't just say these are all made-up fictitious yeah. and they have nothing to do with anything. Yeah. And then use the exact same... Well, that's just a coincidence. Uh, they're definitely being honest, though, when they say that the persons depicted have been exaggerated because the acting choices are so fucking weird. <laughs> the accents people use and the way they deliver it, it's, like, just jarring. Like, when you hear the way people talk, it's just... It takes you out of, like, even if you could somehow, like, I used to watch a shitload of bad horror movies. Uh-huh. It's how I spent a lot of nights. I worked at Hollywood Video. I would grab six or seven horror movies that had went straight to video, and yeah. me and my buddy Dave would sit and watch them all night. Like, you can enjoy a bad horror movie. Sure. The way this movie, the way the dialogue is, and, the like, the accents, you're just like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> like, it's hard to even stay invested in, like, just, like, the horror element yeah. of it. Um, it shoehorns in as much info as possible from the actual case, mm-hmm. but it doesn't even bother to try to get you to invest in anyone or anything happening. Yeah. But it's just like hitting you over the head with like hammers Yes. <laughs> in the movie. So they oh, kind of explain how it's possible that Justin saw this and all everything. Yeah. In the movie, the killers all wear because this movie has no creativity whatsoever. They wear masks. They wear big clown rubber masks. Yeah. Which makes it like a lot more modern horror-ish. Yeah. Creepy, but I guess. They the kid sees them, and they see the kid, and the one goes to go after the kid, and one other guy stops him. And then the guy that stopped the one just kind of like wanders over to the kid and like gets down on his knees in front yeah. of him and like puts a finger to his lips to like, shh. Yeah. You know, and the kid like runs off. So, like, it kind of, like, makes you think. But, like, so they, they basically, the movie basically says Martin and Bo did this. Uh-huh. 
But then there's like a third, there's a girl involved too that I think they're implying was Tina. Oh. Or maybe, I don't know what they're trying to imply. Yeah. But like, I'm I watch it. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime right now. So, uh, yeah, everybody should watch it <laughs> because it's uh, the even so, like a bad movies. There's a lot of them, uh-huh. but even the song, oh well, the the music throughout the movie is awful. Yeah, but the song at the end is particularly terrible. <laughs> like the girl says, the the singer, what what word does she use? Like restless. Like I think it's restless. Yeah. But the way she sings it is like she says rest less like but it's restless. Yeah. But she says rest. Like I wanna be less. busy. I wanna be I want to rest less. Yeah, but like a yeah. lot of space between the two. <laughs> yeah. Uh but like the voices like or the, the accents they use, like Sue the mom, the woman that's playing Sue, she like has this we I don't I don't know where they think everybody. Like, I don't. Yeah, she's from Connecticut and then moved to California. So what? Uh, <laughs> it's just so fucking weird. Like everyone should watch it just because it's so fucking cabin bad. It's called Cabin Twenty Eight. Uh, I haven't seen the first Twenty Seven Cabins. Will I be lost? You would not. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. <clears throat> you worked this episode. You watch it. You're still lost. But just to watch the guy, like the guy playing Martin alone, is worth watching the movie for. Yeah. Because he does, he like delivers his lines, like he's this squirrely looking guy with like a mustache and yeah. stuff. Like to me, he's a Daryl. Yeah, but they made a Martin uh, in this. Is Daryl in this movie? No, damn. But I think they took Daryl and Martin and combined yeah. them into this guy, because this guy's just squirrely as shit. <laughs> but like he talks like he's like the sexiest human being alive. Ugh. It's yeah. Everybody watch it right now. But those are the caddy murders. Cool. Uh not cool, but just a random seemingly act of like extremely brutal violence. It's just so crazy something like that could happen and no one gets caught. And no one and obviously there's 20 there's at least 28 cabins in this place. Right. Like, and I can't imagine like they're spaced out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have to be like kind of close someone to each other. Someone thought they heard muffled screams and but to be able to like like how do they get teen out of the house? Without her screaming. Yeah. How do they... Why do they take Tina? Yeah. Like, unless she's involved in it. That's, yeah. You know, for whatever reason. Uh, the boys. They left the boys just... Right. But, like, why didn't the boys try to, like... I mean, I guess they're terrified, so they're probably yeah. going to hide. <clears throat> if they even knew it was happening. Yeah. I mean... It'd be hard to sleep through, I would imagine. Even with their mouths, you know, stuffed with, you know, tied up or whatever. Yeah, there's no way people are getting into that cabin... And, like, keeping the noise, like, keeping everybody from screaming. Yeah. Somebody's going to yell. Yeah. So, like, so, yeah, there's going to be noise made. All the blood there and everything. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, pretty interesting. There's been, like, over the years, though, I mean, there's, like, the even as of, what, 2018, they're still finding stuff? Yeah. So, like, I figure it's going to be... Maybe I mean, it's probably pretty... they're probably taking a break right now on it. <laughs> right. Some other stuff going on. I wonder how much. Uh, yeah, I wonder how much stuff is just like we can't really get to that right now. Like, yeah, we'll try to test everything else. But yeah, I mean, uh, I I would say Martin and Bo did it. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Now that would explain why they wouldn't hurt his son. You know, if it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I so mean, be... Justin could have seen it was his dad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's fucking weird, though. Damn. But, so, yeah. 
Uh, you got anything? Uh, I got some would you rather's. All right. I stole them offline. Okay. I think my brain's broke. I couldn't really think of any. So I just <laughs> I googled would you rather's and I went to the. If I'd have to choose, I, these are deep would you rather. Oh, okay. For your little brain. Okay, well, would you rather be, be feared by all or loved by all? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, feared yeah. by all, like fear or hated would be fine. Uh, it makes me, I was watching, I was, I was talking about watching the ESPN 30 for 30s mm-hmm. when I watched the, uh, I hate Christian Leitner. Yeah, that's a good one. That one. And like when he was being booed by everybody in the, uh-huh. it made me think like to wrestle different times in wrestling when like I'm like, I was getting like legitimate crowds like the hate yeah. from the crowds like there's no better feeling and I don't know what that is but I fucking love it like people to react it, but it's like it's different than like people cheering for yeah, you yeah for that's that you feel just like alright cool but like for me anyways yeah that feeling of like an entire building full of people fucking hating you but knowing like but then having that chip on your shoulder where like you're not you can't do anything about it Kind of my comedy sets are. Everybody's, <laughs> everyone just hates me. Hates you in a different way, though. <laughs> so, yeah, I would go with fear. All right. That's a good answer. I mean, there's only two. That was right. one of them. <laughs> would you rather sell all of your possessions or sell one of your organs? Uh, that's not uh, that deep. I really? <laughs> say that's, uh, guess my possessions. Like, my organs are struggling. You got an organ behind you there. Yeah, do you have a piano behind me? Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think my organs. How much you want for those? Uh, I need all my organs. <laughs> uh, you have a uh, you have a competitor in Dustin now is Dustin Alexander. He no. he wants them bad now. Just from hearing you really talk about how bad you want them, well, he can come over and play with them. He cause... said they like he looked it up on eBay because he was like, or he was like, oh, I was gonna buy them whenever yeah. he went and found them, and he's like, oh shit, because yeah. of how I don't even know how much they are now, but probably like ten bucks. I'll give you 15. I mean, I would think Dustin would. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'll take 200. Oh! I don't know how much. I have no idea. They're probably only worth like 50. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah. So, you would sell your possessions? Yeah, because, I mean, my organs are already struggling. Yeah. I can't be giving them away. You need them. I need my yeah. organs, yeah. Okay. Uh, would you rather be infamous in history books or be forgotten after your death? That's a good one. Oh. Uh, that kind of goes back to being hated, though. Being infamous, part of me just says like to be forgotten, because whatever. Yeah, I'm dead. I don't. But then, I mean, like, it depends on what you're infamous for, I guess. Yeah. Like, what would like what would I want? To, what would you want to be known for, like, infamously? Like, man, that guy was so. I mean, dumb. like, do you want to be known like, like after you die? Like, what do you like? Okay, for so for infamous, like, you have to like kill somebody. Yeah. Commit some sort of crazy crime. Yeah. Just be a total piece of shit asshole. Uh, Hitler. Or, I mean, or Hitler. <laughs> uh, or, like, I mean, it could be, yeah, like, Christian Leitner is known, like, he'll be known forever by, like... Hmm. Is Kobe infamous? I mean... Uh, He's famous. It's He's... funny how a lot of people used to talk about uh, how they couldn't fucking stand Kobe Bryant. Yeah. You know, and then he dies, and everyone's like, oh, he was my favorite player. I said both things while I was alive. I said I couldn't fucking stand him, but he was amazing and he was a really good player. Yeah, I and he was like the the best. But I mean, I other than stand him. what was it? Two thousand. What year was it when the Lakers beat the Celtics in the finals? 
2008. Uh, no, 2008 they Celtics won. I thought. Whatever I remember, I remember watching Game Seven or the last game of the championship at B Dubs, yeah. And the Lakers beat Celtics, and I was just like, "Fucking Kobe Bryant!" But I still, <laughs> I loved him. Like, yeah. he's so fucking good. Uh, I have a like, I love athletes that are. I just love people that are like, are so fucking intense. Mm-hmm. Because like, I did the thing today on Facebook of like your top five favorite. Basketball players yeah, of all you time. Put together a team or whatever. And other than Dan Marley, which I just fucking love Dan Marley. Yeah, but it was Dan. Reggie Miller, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, yeah. and Rondo. I tried to make a list and I couldn't do it. I was like, man, there's just it's too hard to choose just five. I love so much about the NBA. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I uh, and I didn't know how to spell Brian Scalabrini. So S C A L A B R I N E because he was probably my sixth man. Yeah. Yeah, the he, white, he dances good at the white title. Mamba? He dances pretty good at the uh, the championship celebrations, the parades. <laughs> Dude, White Mamba <laughs> is the shit. I love Brian Scalabrini. Hey, that's why I was gonna name him. Uh, yeah, I I saw uh, maybe infamous. Yeah, for something. I think I'd rather be infamous than be forgotten. I don't yeah, want, I don't want to be forgotten. Yeah, so we need to go rob some banks. Is what you're Let's saying? Go. That yeah. was a good time Are to do open? it. <laughs> that was a great time yeah. to do it. Everybody's busy with other shit. Yeah, the coronavirus. Man, the uh, the shelves are fucking not getting stocked at places like. I went to Kroger today. Yeah, there some stuff was in, some stuff wasn't. The peanut butter aisle was very, uh, very slim. Yeah, I bought peanut butter bread today just in yeah, case. Me too. Pizza, peanut butter, bread. I even got fruit on accident. <laughs> <laughs> I got apples and bananas. I was like, "What the fuck are these? I don't know what they are, but I'm gonna buy them." They might be like, they might be like money in the future. You know, maybe that'll be might like currency. Be. Toilet paper is definitely oh, yeah. today's currency. Yeah. You still can't find that nope. anywhere. Well, actually, they at Family Dollar, I bought, went ahead and bought. They had some there. Oh, Family really? Dollar and Seven Street, yep. <clears throat> okay. Well, so, shit, now that you've said that. But this is like seven hours ago, so. Right. Yeah. Good luck. I don't know. You think it's going to get, I think, you think everything's going to get shut down? I, I think it needs to. Yeah. I mean, we're already at that point. I say shut it down for two weeks, month. Do something, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, literally. I never thought like I would any of this would happen in my lifetime. It, all I've been thinking about is, uh, I wonder how close this, like, I wonder how close what we're saying now as a general people, yeah, resembles like the reaction to like the Spanish flu, the like just the plague, like the Black yeah. Death. Yeah, like I wonder like what the conversation was like and if it resembles. Like, where early on people were like, it's fucking just, everybody just quit worrying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, what are your options? Like, either quit worrying or worry yourself into a panic and go buy all the toilet right. paper. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be that person that goes and has to have all the toilet paper. Yeah, I just don't like the uncertainty. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah, you're so I wish vulnerable. it would just tip one way or the other. Yeah. Either everything's fine. Or, oh my God, it's complete fucking chaos. And the people that I have to get my news from are just the absolute worst people <laughs> in the history of... Like, Trump is... I cannot stand to listen to that guy talk. He puts himself over more than any Dude, wrestler I've ever watched in my life. That he's, fucking thing the other day, he's... He's, he's like, like, I don't think that's ever happened. Whatever it is, like, I'm pretty sure it's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, like, the, He's just so proud of himself for these little fucking things. Well, yesterday at the end of the little briefing they had, he went off like for five minutes about how... He's not getting enough credit. Yeah. Like this, hey, dude, people are dying. 
this is some serious shit. Yeah. We're out of work. And he downplayed it at the beginning. And now, yeah. Did you see what he did to the reporter? The reporter asked, like, what do you say to Americans the, that are scared He lost right his now? shit on yeah, the Yeah, he's guy. like, I'd say that's, you're a bad reporter. Yeah. And, like, wouldn't answer the question. He's like, we're trying some stuff. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. And, like, the, what, Dr. Fauci? Like, the main guy that's, uh-huh. like... You, he's like through the whole briefing. He's just like shaking his head. <laughs> he's, and he's just he like, like be face bombed at one yeah, point. Yeah, because Donald Trump is a fucking moron. He's a he's a clown. Like all of you that voted for him, go somewhere else. Yes, go live somewhere I can't else. We please. have a lot of a lot of our listeners yeah. vote for Trump. Yeah, we don't. And I don't really care if they do. I mean, I just don't like. The, I didn't like the guy before he ran for president. I That's what I, I've always been like. You did you guys like? Not know who he was before because he's always been a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, and that, but the bad part is now there's people are like they just buy into it. Oh man, it's crazy. And like this, nope, this is he's doing it. He's getting us out of this. And, yeah, well, like we should have like we shouldn't even be where we are now. Yeah, plus it's just like I mean it came out where like two months ago they had a meeting and we're like warning people sell your stocks because this shit's gonna get bad. Yeah, yeah. and it's like fuck. Yeah, it's that could be a whole another episode. Dude, I, though, man. I fucking can't. Yeah, I I need to go get drunk. I'm starting. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What did he say? Oh, they, like he keeps saying how like they inherited. He's like we. I inherited a broken system. There wasn't. He a, got rid of everybody as soon as he became president. Well, there wasn't a system to inherit. Yeah. We didn't have a system for this because it hadn't happened for so long. But he got. Like, he he fu- also shut off like funding to yeah. so many different. Group organizations that handle this shit. Yeah, like uh, you fucked the system up, buddy. This is what happens when you let a five year old like yeah. run something. Yeah, <laughs> I like I, the other five year olds fucking love it. They're having the best time ever. I really hope. My biggest hope when I first heard that he had shook hands with somebody that was yeah. possibly infected. I was like, please let this kill him. Yes. Please let this be how Donald Trump dies. I think all of his tanning has, like, he's, Somehow, like, yeah. yeah, disinfected him yep, or, like, yeah. whatever. But germs, I really germs hope... won't even fuck with that guy. They're like, ugh, gross. He's too gross for germs. Right. Yeah, I just, I would love it if he, this was, like, it took him, like, he's old. He's terribly yeah. out of shape. Oh, the worst. So the probably go the other way. Now he's going to be president for like twelve years. That's what I'm worried about. Is uh, he that this that he like somehow gets people to think that he there's like some loophole somewhere because of everything happening. He's like, oh, pup, we're not going to have an election this year. Well, I keep hearing everybody, you know, bring up the conspiracy theory about how this is all like a left wing liberal thing to try to get to try to harm Trump. Yeah. But man, it makes more sense to look at it the other way. Yeah. That this is a way for Trump to declare martial law to really gain more control. Yeah. Cuz I mean, in periods of, you know, uh that kind of state of emergency, yeah, he could pretty much do some yep. shit, you know, whatever shit he wanted. Yep. So, yeah, it makes way more sense to look at it that if you're going to do conspiracy routes. It's going it's a lot of fun stuff. It really makes you realize, though, how uh, terrible we are yeah. as people. We are. Like. Toilet paper. Go buy it. <laughs> if, well, it, like, also just, like, all the people that are, like, now there's an argument about, like, who should be getting money. Yeah. Who sh- and, like, people are like, well, who if you didn't like Trump, tested. you shouldn't take his money. Uh, well, it's not his, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> I kind of paid taxes for the yeah, last 20 uh, years of my life. Yeah. 20-some years of my life. So, yeah, the world's chaos. Yep. Uh, but, hey, at least you weren't 
brutally slaughtered yeah. in some cabins in the 80s. By two hammers. By two hammers, a bunch of knives. Yep, a medical tape. BB gun. Yeah. And made into a bad movie. Well, if that's your legacy, is to be made into a bad oh, Amazon I hope that's Prime not. movie. See, I don't want to be infamous that way. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, so go check out uh, Jerks. <laughs> Here's a transition. Jerks, uh, the band. First da, day. Dot Bandcamp.com. Yep. Yeah, first day's the EP. I think you can get it for five bucks. Check it out on Spotify. It's Just awesome. check it out. It's awesome. It's really good. You need it right uh, now. If you like Alkaline Trio, uh, there's like a little bit of Saves the Day yeah. hinting or, or like sounds to it. Yeah. Uh, cool lyrics. I can't even think of all like no use for no use for a name. Yeah. Kind of resembles them. Just that kind of I don't want to call it pop punk, but just that kind of early punk. Yeah, like the emo punk kind. Of, I don't know. I don't I, want. I don't want to. I don't want to like. Say something that they don't agree with. I hear a lot of like earlyish uh, Alkaline Trio. Yeah, in it is what I hear. Uh, I just hear good music. Man. It's really good though. So check it, it out. Makes me happy to listen to. Uh, this is episode twenty. Please share. Do all the things that we yeah. always ask you to do. We should be on iTunes soon. Ooh, uh, I'm waiting to get approved. I thought Anchor was just going to do that for us. Yeah. So I really didn't put forth much effort into it, but apparently not. So I signed up for it and all that shit. So we should be on iTunes for soon. But we are are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, uh, Radio Cast, yep. Pocket Cast. We're on all kinds of things. I'm on drugs. Joel's on drugs. I'm on the booze. Yep. And Dustin, you are not going to get that Demolition <laughs> 3 pack. And uh, whenever, a person, Sorry, big dude. whenever a person Inception comes back, we're going to have Joel versus <laughs> Dustin. <Aww. laughs> With the uh, winner getting the Demolition 3 pack. <laughs> Oh, man. Dustin might die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so until next time, guys, thank you, everybody, for yeah, listening. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Go listen to the jerks. <laughs> Bye.